Industries are constantly evolving. Tools of the trade, tactics, distribution methodologies. And as you become more expert in your field, it's easy to lean on your tried and true methods to get shit done. The question becomes, how do I stay relevant as my career and industry evolve? And that's what we're talking about today. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Jen Estel. And I'm Karen Steffel. Managing creativity in business? We probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. So before we get going on this really interesting conversation, let's talk about this really interesting beverage. It's a sangria. Yay! A classic Spanish sangria. You know what? It never gets old, and I know there are a thousand recipes to make it good, but this one is just classic. It's just right on. It's funny because I make sangria in the sloppiest way possible, where I just chop up my leftover fruit and throw some booze on top and put it in the fridge and think about it later. So I never get the same thing twice. But also, as it as it gets lower, what do you do? Just add more booze and more fruit. <laughs> and then eventually just turn it into a slushy. I do appreciate that about you. Yeah. I was just talking about the real how I do sangria. No, I, I think that's perfect. <laughs> I don't make sangria, but I enjoy drinking sangria. I thought you made sangria. Mm-mm. I mean, I have, but it's like not, like, I think this summer that might be a thing. To be honest, I just call it fruity booze. And I put a bottle of wine, some triple sec. Mm-hmm. And whatever fruit I've got. And then some soda, right? Uh, I usually pour a little soda in it as I serve as it, serve but it. I don't put the soda in it. Because it would get yucky. Because it would get yucky. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, So this one is an actual recipe, and it's actually delicious, so you guys have to check it out. Oh, gosh. So we're talking about relevance, which is such a great topic for ladies in their mid-40s. <laughs> right, right. Because all we need is a little face wash and a little lash extension and we're relevant, we're right? We're all set, yeah. That's maybe not a true. New, maybe a new cut of jeans. <laughs> God, I'm so glad mom jeans are back. So I think when we're talking about staying relevant or what is relevance, I think context matters. So much has changed in our industries over the years. So how have you tried to maintain with the pace of changes just in your industry? It depends on if you're asking me that question today or yesterday or last month or last year because I yeah. go back and forth from feeling very relevant, to feeling very irrelevant, to feeling like, who am I and what is my job? So I think the opinion on that changes on a daily basis. I mean, at this moment in time, we're feeling I'm feeling very relevant. We've had a lot of good wins when it comes to work and a lot of successful projects deployed. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, but definitely there have been months when I didn't feel that way. Yeah, and I think it's true for me too. And I think especially when you're dealing with technology that changes a lot, it, it requires you know, a lot of eyes looking at the research and looking at what we think is going to trend next and making sure that we're embracing the technology that's going to be not so trendy, mm-hmm. but keep us on the cusp. Sure. And so I think that, um, and, and that all comes along with just professional development, just to be committed to the industry and making sure we understand where the industry is going and why. That's true. Well, let's let's back up though. Yeah. What what does What does relevance mean? If I asked you to define what that what relevance means for someone like you or I, what what would that be? Staying relevant, I think in the truest form, is about making sure that one is aligned, appropriately aligned with something that is generally accepted. That is true. I think generally accepted is the key, right? Because I what I see some professionals doing and I can imagine a few of them that I have interacted with in my head is it's like no, no. It's like the 80s bangs. It's like you get to a haircut, you think it's really great, and you stay there forever when really you should have maybe changed with the times, right? Relevance is realizing that maybe a new haircut is called for, 
because circumstances have changed and styles have changed, et cetera, et cetera. I was so happy to get rid of bangs because I was never a bangs person, but man, it was hard to walk away from that Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer, remember? Oh, that like cut. the Rachel cut? Yeah, absolutely. You had that, didn't you? Oh, for sure. I mean, when my hair does anything of importance, I, yeah. I tried to have that at one point. But but relevance is in, in some ways like a, like a bad haircut. If, if you don't change with the times, accept what's happening in culture, understand what's happening in the workforce and in your industry, you quickly become dated. So some of that has to do with um, professional development, whether it's what you do for yourself to make sure that you're staying plugged into what's happening in your industry, or whether that's other professional development outside of your industry, just general soft skills or leadership skills. Like those are ways to remain relevant. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because in, in my industry, I feel like there's there's sort of two paths you can take. And one of them would be starting as a young creative, either a writer or a designer or something, and just getting so good at your craft that you become somebody who's got decades of logo design under your belt and you are just a master, mm-hmm. right? Sought after. Sought after. And then there's the um, trajectory of, for example, going from designer to art director to creative director and and seeing what you're contributing to the project and, and what space you're contributing to change over time. Mm-hmm. Either one of those takes significant professional development, yes. right? Because the way we were making logos 20 years ago doesn't even relate anymore. You have to be, the, 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 like you said before, the technology of it is all different. The needs of what a logo should do is all different. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking in terms of logo because that's what we're making in the office this sure. week. But <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. The The two trajectories that you just talked about are very similar in my industry as well. You either become the absolute master in the thing that you decided and adopted as your craft from the very beginning, or you move through the different um, crafts and kind of explore those independently until you kind of evolve into something more specific, maybe a genre. So I think I think either way, what that has in common is either lifelong learning or professional development. And certainly lifelong learning is something that you and I are both really committed to and, and talk about even inside of our, our individual organizations. Yeah, but the truth of the matter of it is you're, you are never done. And, and I think we both we both appreciate lifelong lear- learning and that we encourage it in our people, but sometimes it gets tiring and you'd like to just be done and go about your business, right? Yeah. And so knowing that you need to nurture your skills and your um, ways of thinking and your processes in order to stay relevant, it's it, you have to commit to that like you have to commit to a good diet or good exercise. Yeah. And I think the difference though too, I think a distinction that's important to me is that um, committing to lifelong learning can't be because you're chasing a trend and you have to devour all the information about that. It's because you're following something that you're passionate about and committed to, right? And so instead of worrying about what that next haircut is, you're worried about, you know, the thing that you're actually passionate about because that that authentic connection to development is what keeps you relevant because people are always going to see through the facade of something that's not real. That's a good point. But, you yeah. know, we were talking about context mattering, right? Yeah. And so I think professionally – we feel pretty comfortable about what that feels like. But I always go back to mom jeans. <laughs> like, I'm not interested in being relevant to my children unless I'm really talking to them about something that is a building block for their ongoing development. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. And, you you know, you kind of 
You see the jokes or even the articles and the suggestions about parenting that you don't need to be your children's friend. They don't need to think you're cool. In the parenting realm, there's a lot of conversation about that, about should you be wearing the things that high school children are wearing? Is there a way to do it differently? And there are different theories. Nobody is right or wrong. But I don't know that people talk about that in the professional spaces as much. And I agree with you. It's it's not about being trendy for trendy's sake. It's not about chasing what's new for the sake of having what's new. It's the, It's about chasing what's new for the sake of how it can serve you and how you can help serve your clients with this new piece of knowledge or this new trend or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's less about being the trend and more about using the trend to the advantage so that you can accomplish goals for your client. Yeah, absolutely. The other the other area where I think context matters, so not just professional versus home, but it's that um, it's that intersection, right? Neither one of us chose to be full time at home with our children, right? Nope. Neither one of us ever chose to be full-time at home with our children, but we both have lots of women in our lives who did and and have those stories of women who chose to stay full-time at home for a year, two years, a decade even, and then really struggled with that re-entry into the professional world. Maybe it isn't even people in our lives who are moms, but also full-time at home dads. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important, too, to understand how to remain relevant when you're making that transition into something completely different from what you've experienced. So whether it's full-time at home with kids, doing an unbelievably hard job, going back into the professional world, or whether it's completely changing careers, Mm -hmm. moving from one absolute specific industry to another, that's also a huge change because it's not only a culture shift, but it's a norm shift. It's a, you know, expertise shift. So how do you recommend those folks stay relevant? Well, in some ways that is different. That is almost the opposite of keeping the skill sets up, right? It's instead of your skill sets at that point aren't, aren't your technical skill sets. It's more of your approach and your logic and your strategy and your way of thinking. So I, I firmly, firmly believe if you have a sound way of solving problems, that you can apply that to multiple industries. You can apply that at home. You can apply it to particular clients. So understanding that you have an effective set of tools and an effective method for thinking through a problem or coming up with an idea, you can apply that almost anywhere, and that becomes exceptionally relevant. So really, then, it's how you're talking about skills and relevancy. I agree. And I think that what I would add to that list is also um, your people skills, how you work with people, yeah. and then how you communicate with those people or, or what your philosophy is behind, you know, being a part of a team. Why does staying relevant matter? Because if I'm not relevant, I can't give my clients relevant solutions. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel, I feel very much that I don't need to be the one who is doing all the cool things, doing all the breakthrough, interesting thinking in my office, but I do have to be able to recognize it when it happens. And I need to be relevant enough to recognize when brilliance is happening. A great example, we um, do a social media campaign for a client, and it's very targeted to young people. And my staff is really great at the most recent memes, picking up what's great on Twitter, turning that stuff around, and I will read it and go, I have no idea what this means, but I can tell it's cool, so we're good. So I don't... (laughs) My relevancy is only in understanding what is happening and that I have I, we have the ability to touch the pulse of 
what's going on. And then at that same time, when you're looking at those things, are you asking for your creative team to defend their choices? Are you going an extra layer deep and say, I don't understand it, but you tell me why somebody would understand it? Oh, yeah. And that's the best part, because then I, then I get this window into what a different generation is thinking or what somebody who's interested in Pokemon memes cares about. Um, so I always ask because, again, it's great to learn and it's great to figure out what's happening. Yeah, that's really fun. We're going through a bit of that at our office as well. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it matters to be relevant? Or can you just be stuck in your ways and brilliant at it and people will call you? No, I think it's absolutely important to remain relevant. But I think I think it's a the idea of remaining relevant is such a broad brushstroke that I want to make sure that people understand why we are talking about it and and which aspects of remaining relevant really matter. I think for me, the common denominator is people. I think that if you care about people, whether it's your internal team, your external stakeholders, I think if you really care about what's important to them, it doesn't matter whether you have an authentic interest in Pokemon memes, or if you're just really truly interested in them as people, as an authentic expression of your relationship with them, I think that it's important to remain relevant with people. I think that's just the common denominator. I think I think that's a really good observation. And I would probably add to that a level of curiosity. Yeah. Always. Because being relevant with people and understanding people means you're very curious about what makes them tick, what they respond to what makes them giggle with delight and what makes them groan. And in order to be able to do that, first of all, curiosity is a fantastic, fantastic tool in mm -hmm. creative industries, yes. right? And secondly, it leads to being exceptionally relevant in your thinking. I think curiosity is not only something that um, is important for for creatives, but it's important for scientists and, you know, academics of all levels. Yeah. And I talk about curiosity with my kids all the time, because if you lack curiosity, you're no longer going to be interested in seeking solutions or finding out the answer to the question why. So um, for me, curiosity is a really high level, really important value. But I agree. So wait, what you're telling me is that you can wear mom jeans, but if you're curious, you're still relevant? Yeah, because frankly, it's not a popularity contest. That's true. It's not a popularity contest. Now, if I'm not relevant to somebody because I'm wearing mom jeans, that's okay. I'm pretty confident that if I can just be with people, they'll get past mom jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't, we want, don't want to know them. That's right. But it, it, and you bring up a great point. We don't have to be relevant for everybody. And that's where chasing a trend or trying to be relevant can, can trip you up. Some people aren't going to like you. Some people aren't going to align with your thinking. Some people have no idea what you're thinking or 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 what you're even talking about, and that's okay. Finding the people for whom what you have to say, what you have to offer is very, very relevant solves your problem right there. Absolutely. And I think just making finding the common denominator always makes somebody relevant. That's true. Whether you're with women or you with people who are creatives, or with people who have an interest in a specific topic, or who have people who are rallying around a client's needs. Right. Like, there's always a common denominator. I, I took a leadership class once, and maybe I've told this story before, so I apologize if I have. But um, the guy that came out, the leader, came out on stage, and he was gruff, rough on the edges, and not particularly warm. And his face was very stoic, and he said, this is what I look like when I'm living my best life. And everybody kind of giggled. And he just said, when you walk into a room, people tend to size up the differences between people. And it's only the most 
brilliant leaders that size up the, the similarities among people. And he said, my cat knows to eat out of the bowl and poop in the litter box. It doesn't take a very sophisticated animal to know the difference between the two. <laughs> and it's always stuck with me. Because if you walk into a room looking for the similarities, you'll find them. But it's so easy to look for the differences. That is true. And finding those similarities and figuring out what you can do to capitalize on them or strengthen them or use them to spark creativity is a really great place to be. And that will make you relevant, right? Absolutely. And so I think for me, relevance is is about caring to get something done, being curious about how something works, wanting to help people, and keeping or refining the skills that you need to do those things. Yeah. And then also knowing yourself and trusting yourself. Know thyself? Yeah. Is that the thing? I think. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I will say, um, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, we're, we're feeling very, very good this month. We've had a very busy and fun season, so I'm feeling very relevant. We even had a client who said, I've always wanted to work with you. And that feels really nice. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I will say that external um, accolades or external, what's the word I'm looking for? Validation. Thank you. External validation always feels really great and reminds you that you're relevant. But I think it really has to come from what you do internally to stay that way. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're seeking only external validation, um, then maybe you're chasing a trend rather than feeling good in your own skin and, and knowing that you're relevant. That's true. And whoever you are, listener, you are relevant. <laughs> Just so you know. So I think, you know, maybe it's about stop worrying so much about how much you matter. <laughs> you know, there's sometimes a measuring stick. Yeah. You know, like you said, you've had some really great wins lately. So if that weren't the case, would your measuring stick feel a little bit lower? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, sure. And it's really easy to get in that trap, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's easy to get in that trap and realize that when things are going well, you're, you're using that crutch instead of really a self-reflecting tool. Yeah. Instead of something external. And I think when you do think about what does relevancy mean to me, why is it important, how do I feel relevant, you can really grow that internal measuring stick. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think and when you measure your wins against a different measuring stick, meaning we won these things because we're the best match for that client. We won these things because because our values align. And because what we have to propose to that client is the right solution for them, that's less about um, following trend or do they really like me? Is it a popularity contest? And it's more about just finding the right fit and knowing yourself and knowing how to present yourself in a way that is attractive to people who um, are the right match for you. That's true. That's a really good point. And you can kind of flip it on its head for when you're feeling down or you've lost a pitch or you've lost a client or a project didn't go your way, realizing some things aren't the right fit and so, and, and that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't make me less qualified or less confident. Yeah. Or even if you've lost, lost a client and really sometimes projects and clients have a shelf life. That's true. And then they get smelly. <laughs> <laughs> Science projects on the client shelf. You know what does not have a shelf life? It's the sangria because mine is gone. I'm down to chewing on the fruit. You're going to have to add more fruit and add more booze, Jen. (laughs) I will. I think rather we would just uh, follow this beautiful recipe that's available on our website. What do you think? I think that's probably a good plan. 
So now that the sangria is gone, first of all, I want to hear from people. I want to see if there are other people who have amazing sangria recipes. So I'm hoping that our direct messages and our inboxes are filled with other people who love different sangria recipes than the one that's available on our website. What do you want to hear from people about? Yeah, no, no, that is my <laughs> That's actually true. That's actually true. I would love to I would love to see what's going on. Both red and white. This is a red um, sangria, but white can make a really interesting sangria as well, and it is just the season for these kinds of things. So, can I ask a question? Sure. Is there such thing as a champagne sangria? Well, yes, absolutely. I've made all kinds of champagne punches, and we've had a few of them on the episode, so Oh, that's true. Yeah. But it wouldn't be called a sangria. Ah, I caught spade a spade. We can invent any drink we want to. Let's get on that. I think this summer we need to have that. Want to contribute to our conversation? Reach out to us on social media at Easy Underground. Or head over to our website, thespeakeasypodcast.com. This next time we've been very spontaneous in our mom jeans. You absolutely must join us for our next episode where we use an online random word generator to tell us what to talk about. That's right. No preparation or thoughtful planning. Just the two of us thinking and talking on our feet with about three random topics. Who knows? We could have little nuggets of wisdom that surprise us too. Or we could talk about cheese whiz. (laughs) Talk to you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.